Believe in Betting LA episode two. We had a great debut episode where we kind of talked about the origins of Stack Capital and Chris's playing days as a Division Three football player. Today we're going to get a little bit deeper dive into what we're going to be talking about. Uh, some of the LA teams, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Melvin Gordon contract dispute, and Anthony Davis is officially a Los Angeles Laker. We'll talk about all those coming up here on episode two of Believe in Betting LA. Uh, I'm Sam Maxwell, your host. You can follow me on Twitter, as always, at smaxwell713. I'm joined by my co-host here. We're in my kitchen again. We gave uh, the compliments to the interior designer. My, my girlfriend was extremely happy to receive those compliments. Unfortunately, I did not get any of the credit, uh, as I probably do not deserve anyways. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Rock. That's L-E-W Rock. And then, of course, Stag Capital is at Stag Cap. This is Believe in Betting LA, Episode 2. You can find us uh, wherever you choose to get your podcast from. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart. Uh, and, of course, you can find all of the great podcasts at the Believe Podcast Network at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. How you doing this fine Sunday morning, Chris? I want to talk about how this rug really ties the room together. I mean, this kitchen is just getting better and better and better. Well, there's no rug in here, but there is a little <laughs> little pad to do dishes on. So, you know, when I'm sitting there doing the dishes, uh, my ankles feel a little bit better. And you actually told me a great story before we got on the air here about uh, how your ankles swelled up. Uh, let's tell a story to the, the public here. I'm sure oh, this that cap will get a kick out of that. Yeah, this will be thrilling for those who uh, were at Claremont with myself. My freshman year, first game ever played in college football, I got whiplash. I uh, got kneed in the head on a punt and had to sit out the next game. So what do the injured players do at the next game? They help film. So I crawl up in a attic to film our game and get bit by a spider. My ankle swells up to the size of a grapefruit, and I miss the next, I think, two games with a spider bite. And uh, you can just imagine how relentless the torment was from my teammates that the freshman one of the new kids got bit by a spider and is out with out what am i listed as turf toe bursitis no spider bite just brutal a good thing back then there was no twitter no one no one out there no one trolling you giving you a hard time uh the impressive part is you were actually playing as a true freshman in your first game right were you retro freshman was that your actual true freshman debut it was my freshman debut and it was a little bit of a triage situation so most of the team is southern california uh west coast based so we traveled to grinnell iowa and uh, a lot of these guys have never seen humidity before and just, it looked like a war zone on our sideline. Just people passed out, lying around. So they had to call on uh, more than a few freshmen uh, to play in that game. But we won. Uh, ultimately won on a blocked extra point, as I recall. Nice. Uh, thrilling, like, 14-13 game. You remember it just like it was yesterday. What was that, 2003? Uh, that would have been 2002. Early 2002, right? All yeah, right. early All 2002. Right. Man, gosh. Very man. nice. In, in the laurels of greatness for Claremont McKenna right. uh, football back in that season. All right, awesome. Well, let's move on. We're talking some baseball here. The Dodgers just won their first game post also break recording this Sunday morning, July 14th. Hopefully it's published uh, this evening or early Monday morning. Uh, they were in a bit of a skid, a four-game losing streak. They lost three in a row to end the first half to the Padres, and, of course, they lost the first one uh, to the Red Sox. Um, they're struggling a little bit. They got off the, the schneid last night uh, with an 11-2 victory over the Red Sox. Their, their offense is finally starting to click a little bit. 
Um, but this is the dog days of summer. They clearly need to acquire some bullpen help here. Um, but talk about your and Stag Capital strategy, Chris, in terms of betting the Dodgers right now. I'm assume uh, I'm assuming that you're still trying to fade them as it, as it currently stands. Yeah, this is similar to to last year, right? The Dodgers have more or less been on fire, and not that I'm I don't think the Dodgers are great. Not that I don't think the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs and be successful and have a shot at the World Series. I do. Uh, just the way baseball plays out. Uh, they're going to revert to the mean a little bit. And this is something I'm going to say a hundred times, right? This is not about thinking the Dodgers are great. This is about finding value and betting the, betting against the Dodgers in this case. And because a majority of the public is going to be, oh, this team is so hot, Bellinger's so awesome, Kershaw's going today, you know, I'm putting down big money on the Dodgers. Look at the price. Like, there's going to be a lot of opportunity here in the next six weeks to price big bets against the Dodgers. You know, taking those run lines, taking those alternate run lines, uh, taking first five inning bets if you can find them. Uh, shop around, right? Look for those bets that are going to be good prices against the Dodgers because, again, a majority of the public is going to be trying to ride that hot hand. And ultimately, we feel like it's a roulette wheel. It's an independent event each and every game they play. We don't care who's pitching. We don't care who's starting. We just want the right price. Okay. But isn't, let me ask you this, isn't who's pitching and who they're playing, isn't that baked into the price? It sh- yeah, it absolutely is baked into the price. Uh, but what I'm saying more is from a gut feeling, you're going to look at a line and you're going to say, like, really? I'm going to take the Diamondbacks in Dodger Stadium. You know, maybe the Diamondbacks just came off of an extra inning game. Like, oh, I don't want anything to do with the Diamondbacks, right? But if the price is right, even if Kershaw is pitching, even if uh, the schedule is lined up, maybe the, the Dodgers had an off day, right? And, like, it, they've been hot and all those things that, that make it look like you would never want to bet against them. That's the exact opportunity that Stag Capital will have a ton of money down on the Diamondbacks coming off a late game, um, coming off extra innings, things that seem stacked against them. Because, again, it's the price, it's the numbers. And if you get that situation, the public is going to put a ton of money down on a fresh Kershaw pitching Dodgers team against a you know presumably weakened Diamondback team. Uh, and that's when you get a great price on the Diamondbacks, and that's when you can really clean up. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, I want to ask you a question then. So we always like to say, you know, fade the public. How do you in Stag Capital approach a game like or a series like this when they're when they're playing another public team? They're playing the Red Sox, a very public team, or they're playing the Yankees or, you know, a team like the Cubs. How do you approach that when it's two very public teams? How, how do you go about that? So in situations like that, a lot of times you won't be, you won't be able to get money down the way we bet. There won't be value necessarily on one side or the other. Uh, there might be on some props. It's very likely that K props is something you'll get you'll be able to get some money down on, um, depending on who's pitching. You know, if you get a a sale Kershaw, right? If you had something like that, there's going to be an opportunity to get under on K's, right? That's something that the public is going to say like, oh, there's going to be a ton of strikeouts. You know, two titans of pitching going against each other, uh, sort of thing. But a lot of it also comes down to live betting. You know, if you can be quick enough, if you're one of those people that can get those bets down in time and realize that this is a good price or not a good price, I can tell you that yesterday Stag Capital had some serious money down on the Dodgers live. Uh, it obviously paid off. It, it ended up being a great bet. But those are the sort of things that, that it's fluid, right? The public and the lines will react um, sometimes negatively, sometimes positively to, to what's happening in that moment. And if you're sharp enough, if you're calm enough, and you can say like, nope, this is this is a good price. Like this is something that shouldn't be this expensive or this cheap. I'm jumping on it. Um, you kind of wait for your opportunity. You kind of keep your powder dry in situations like that. 
Live betting is tough, and it's it's important to I believe stay disciplined because uh, there's been times where I'm you know feel very strongly about something in the very beginning they go down you live bet and you live bet and you live bet and you live bet and all of a sudden the game's over and you're yep. ten times in this game wrong and so sometimes it's important to admit uh, when you're wrong or or on the other side if you can uh, as you said time those right then you can be a big winner sometimes as well. All right, so the Dodgers now are 61 and 33. They're going uh, up against Boston tonight. I think it's on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Hunjin Ryu going up against David Price. That should be a great matchup there. Any thoughts on today's game? I'm gonna guess that again. You're gonna want to look at your look at your props. This is the sort of thing that you know Ryu was has been off by maybe the best pitcher um, in the first half. Uh, I would guess there's gonna be good money down on him. Uh, not that David Price also isn't very good. Uh, and you're going to get a lot of East Coast money coming in. But I think this is a situation where you're probably going to do some unders on the pitchers. I think that this is going to be billed as a pitching matchup. I think that's what you're going <laughs> to... Whenever in doubt, just fade whatever the ESPN analysts say before the game starts. If they talk about this being a pitching matchup, just go ahead and, and bet the over, right? There's going to be a million runs scored. Um, that's always a, a safe thing to do. But I would definitely check out the pitcher props, um, see if you can get some good value on those on those K props. And uh, again, you know, Bellinger has looked awesome. Mookie bets, things like that. Can you get, will this player get a hit at a good price? Uh, will you say this player get a home run? Those are scary things to bet on, like home run or not. But if you're up for it, if the price is right, um, that's something that I could see definitely fading some of the boppers today on getting home runs. For sure. And I think sometimes the park kind of matters as well. Yes, Ryu has been an excellent pitcher all season. He's probably the front runner for the NL Cy Young. However, his only bad start of the entire year happened to come in Colorado. You have seven earned runs. He has only given up 21 earned runs the rest of the season. He gave up, I believe it was three home runs at Coors Field in a start in June 28th. Fenway Park, of course, is known as a hitter's park. It's a difficult place to pitch. And I think something kind of comes to the line too here where I think a lot of the public probably feels like the Dodgers just can't beat the Red Sox after getting absolutely trashed by them in the World Series last year. Uh, they split so far this series. I think that sometimes comes to play as well. So I actually think the Dodgers are a pretty good bet today. Uh, they have the pitching advantage. And I, I think you're, you're fading the public actually this time by taking the Dodgers, which is a rare occurrence. Uh, so if you want to go on the Dodgers today, might be a good day to do that. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Angels. And they are absolutely on fire. Of course, the tragic passing of Tyler Skaggs back on July 1st. On Friday night, they played their very first game at home uh, since the tragic passing. Uh, the tragic passing, excuse me, it's early on Sunday morning, um, and they absolutely went off. They had a combined no-hitter. Mike Trout hit a home run. He hit another home run last night. Ira Poulos hit a home run. This is a team playing with meaning right now. I know you always like to talk about, um, you know, just, just being unbiased, looking at these things almost as like a robot, as a machine. You don't want to take away any emotion. Uh, but sometimes there's something so obvious that just hits you right in the face, and you have to be human sometimes and take a step back and say, this team is really just playing inspired baseball. They want to win for their friend. They're playing really well. Mike Trout's the best player in the game, and he was best friends with Tyler Skaggs, and he's absolutely carrying this team 18 RBIs over his last seven games. I think right now you have to bet on the Angels until they prove otherwise, and you have to bet over on every single Mike Trout prop that you can possibly find. Yeah, if you're getting an opportunity to get money down on Mike Trout, like by all means do it. That doesn't always get to happen with Stag Capital, but when I get to bet on a awesome player, maybe the best player, right? It's it's such a great feeling to be able to turn on the TV and just say like I'm going to watch the best of his craft go to work. And you're right. Those guys are completely locked in. Not something that happens in professional sports all the time. And especially in baseball, when it's just day in and day out and day in and day out, and I think every manager under the sun preaches taking a steady approach, 
these guys are fired up. I mean, I think that's probably like a football locker room right now. I think they're coming exactly. together. I think they're banging heads. I think they're yelling at each other and slamming each other's, you know, shoulder pads, right, and, and getting out there and really coming out to fire. So if you can get the right price, yeah, by all means, you know, get in on the trout train, get in on the angel train, and be ready, though. Be ready for that swoon to happen. You know, similar to the Dodgers, these guys are going to run out of juice, right? There's going to be a letdown. This is a ton of emotion. This is a ton of energy they're putting into it. What do they look like a week from now? What do they look from 10 days from now? Um, you know, looking at their schedule coming up, are they going to have a letdown when they go to Seattle, right? Those are the type of games that I would definitely keep a sharp eye on. You know, I could see them going and uh, and winning some games against Houston and then just having a huge letdown after that. For sure. Eventually, they're going to they're gonna burn out. You know, the emotion only drives you so far. They start a very difficult four-game series uh, with Houston tomorrow, and they play the Dodgers coming up here next Tuesday and Wednesday. So I think you're right. However, I do think that they're, they're you know running with emotion right now, and, and you have to take those things seriously. And I think it's just important to tell our audience that sometimes you just have to handicap these games as a human being. These are rare occurrences, to be sure, but sometimes... Uh, you know, you have a backup quarter that comes in and fires up the team, such as Baker Mayfield with the Browns last year. Sometimes you have a coach that gets fired. You have a new offense, and people are inspired around that coach, or they want to save a coach's job or whatever. Um, there are rare, and you don't want to always look at things this way. Uh, however, there are times when you do have to handicap games uh, and take a step back in that way. All right, so let's move on, and let's talk. Uh, we talked about the Dodgers' impending swoon and, and kind of having to break out of there. We talked about the Angels playing some Real fired up, locked in baseball right now. Let's move on. Let's talk about the LA football teams here. We're in mid-July. We're still about two weeks away from training camp. We're about six weeks away from the season beginning. Uh, but we got huge news from the Chargers this week. Melvin Gordon from my beloved Wisconsin Badgers <laughs> announced that he is prepared to sit out training camp and potentially even into the season if he does not get a new contract. Melvin Gordon drafted in the first round uh, in 2015. He's going into the last year of his rookie deal here. There is a blueprint for running backs now with Le'Veon Bell. A little bit of a different situation. He was on the franchise tag, not the rookie deal. He had a little bit more leverage, I believe, than Melvin Gordon may have. Uh, however, the blueprint is there. How worried should the Chargers be? And are you letting this affect any sort of season-long futures or any sort of betting with the Chargers? Are you putting a freeze on the Chargers right now? Yeah, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't bet one way or the other right now. Um, the way we want to do it is we want as much information as possible. I think I said this before, and I'll say it a hundred times again. Right? Is in our perfect scenario, we're not placing any bet until the last possible minute that we that we can, so we have the most information possible. I think in this case, you're right. I would have never guessed last year that Le'Veon Bell was going to sit out the whole season. Never ever would like anyone I, did. Yeah, never <laughs> would I thought that was going to happen. And maybe Melvin has that in him, right? Maybe he's got that same kind of fortitude to, to sit out and pass up on hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, right, every time he misses that game check. Nobody knows that but Melvin, right? Nobody knows if he's in a situation to do that, uh, if he's prepared to, to, to go through it. And, uh, you know, I get both sides. I get how he wants to get paid. I get how he's, you know, he's 26 years old. Running backs don't last forever, especially a guy like him. I think there's a couple knee surgeries in there. There might have been a, uh, an ACL at one point. Um, the guy gets banged up a lot. You know, you're a professional football player. You want to get one big contract, two if you can, right? And he's, seeing the, he's looking at the writing on the wall and saying, like, I need to go for this now because I don't know how much time I have in me, right? He's never going to say that, but that's the reason and that's what he's thinking. 
Hundred percent, and yeah, I mean Melvin Gordon, he's got fifty three hundred all purpose yards in four seasons. He's got forty touchdowns. I mean, he's been a truly elite running back since he came into the league four years ago. He had a very rough rookie year, and since then, he's been an absolute vital piece of this Chargers offense. And I've been saying this for the last couple of years. I think the Chargers are as talented as anybody in the NFL uh, right now. We have them at eighteen to one uh, to win the Super Bowl. I think if, if they slide down a little bit further, twenty to one, twenty two to one, I think they're a, a really stellar bet. Uh, of course, they have no home field advantage, unfortunately. <laughs> However, you know, if they do have those games in January at home, it doesn't really matter if the crowd's in their favor or not. Um, having to come out west to play those games uh, in the weather, you know, it's, it's an advantage for the Chargers, certainly. And I, and I think they're an absolutely stellar, very talented team. They're well coached. I like Anthony Lynn. Um, and they're in a win-now mode. I don't think the Chargers can afford to go into the season with just Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson as their primary backs. Melvin Gordon has outplayed his rookie deal. I think this is just a problem with the current CBA. Obviously, the most valuable years for any back are those first four, five, six years. Guess when they're least valuable in terms of making money? Of course, it's on those rookie deals. So I think we're going to see some changes in the CBA because this has been a theme throughout the NFL of running backs just not getting paid. But I do think if this happens to affect the Chargers' odds in, in one way or another, then you should absolutely take them. Those other two backs I mentioned, while I don't think they're necessarily good enough to win a Super Bowl, uh, they're capable to get by until Melvin Gordon either decides to come back or they come to some sort of agreement on a one-year deal or an extension uh, that, that both sides can, can get behind. We can talk about uh, the other football team now as well, the Rams. They have their own running back issues. Todd Gurley actually did get paid, uh, but this is probably a, a testament to not paying running backs. He gets paid, and then he has knee issues just a year later. We have no idea what's going on with Todd Gurley. I'm sure every fantasy football player in the industry would love to know just how healthy that knee is, his arthritic knee. They went out. They matched Malcolm Brown's offer sheet with the Detroit Lions. They traded up and drafted Daryl Henderson, who a lot of people compare favorably to Alvin Kamara. So that running back situation's in flux as well. Give me your thoughts on the Rams in general and their running situation. Yeah, that's the that's the the exact blueprint on why you don't want to pay somebody, right? They got a ton of money in Todd Gurley now. Uh, is he going to be back? Is he going to be able to carry that offense through the regular season like he did a year ago? Uh, as someone who lost a whole bunch of money on Todd Gurley in the uh, NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Uh, I am skeptical. I'm not very happy with him. Uh, I am. I was very happy with Melvin Gordon. That's the guy I had on my fantasy team for two straight years. And absolutely, I lost you too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Carried me. Uh, but for Gurley, yeah, it's, you know, you hope it's not that bad. Again, we never cheer for anybody to be injured. We don't want serious problems. Um, I like the guy. You know, he seems like a good player. He plays hard, runs hard, all that sort of thing. But with kind of the obfuscation of his injury in the playoffs. And I get why they did it, right? You don't want to give anything away, not at a serious time like that. But it makes me super skeptical of anything I'm going to hear about him going forward. Uh, I think McVeigh wants to mimic Belichick in that regard and that, you know, show nothing, give no information, you know, on to Cincinnati, right? On to the next game sort of thing. So I think it's going to be really tough to get any solid information on what Todd Gurley's year is going to look like. But you know, fading into fantasy here a little bit, bleeding in there. Keep your eye on Todd Gurley in those late rounds. You might get some shy owners not wanting to get in him on get in on him in uh, in the second or third round. Maybe you can you can jump in on there and and win your league just based on that one one pick. Yeah, I think both Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley should be targets in fantasy if they start to slide too much. Right now, Gurley's going in the mid to late second round. There's a lot of juice there. 
for running back that you can get at that point. I mean, he could absolutely be the real Todd Gurley, and he may miss some time, but you're going to have an absolute star in your hands. Uh, and then you'll have another you know, RB1 in the first round. And then Melvin Gordon was going in the mid to late first round. I'm interested to see how he kind of settles now. I, I imagine he'll go at the same kind of range of Gurley. So it's very tricky. One more thought on Melvin Gordon. Uh, he's absolutely risked his body. He had that knee injury pushed to play against the Chiefs last year. He actually was told he had to sit out. Uh, so it's, oh, I think it's okay to be a little bit selfish. I, I don't like the shade that he's been getting. I would do the exact same thing in that situation. It's funny. When you're a kid, you always think, team first, team first. What are you doing? Be loyal. You want to win. Uh, but as now, we're both adults. I think we can see that side of it. You know, Go on and make your money. No one's going to blame you for doing that. Everyone in his situation would do the exact same thing. So I don't think he deserves some of the shade that he's been getting. That's right. He's not an amateur anymore. He's not in college. He's a professional. He has a right to kind of do and negotiate how he wants. Uh, He could probably work on his messaging a little bit. I think the line I saw yesterday was he said, I want to get paid. Yeah, you know, I want to get paid too. That is the truth of the matter. But optics matter, I think for sure. Um, And I would probably position that a little bit more as is, you know, I need to take care of myself. I need to do what's best for me. You know, this is a this is a business. That's something they say 10 million times. You know, I want to be there for my team, but my first priority is taking care of myself, taking care of my family, making sure that I've set myself up in the best position I can. And if you look historically, just like you said, I've outperformed, right? I've outperformed my contract. I have good value here. You know, reward me, right? And he, I mean, guy can play hard and runs hard. I mean, guy takes hits. He's out there when he's hurt and injured. He's a leader. Yeah. If you want to talk, if you're management and you want to talk yourself into it, like, it's a guy that's a a borderline face of the franchise, plays hard, people recognize him, like, good, strong player. Not the worst person in the world to give money to, if he's going to be reasonable, right? Like, you know, maybe don't give him a Todd Gurley contract. You saw what just happened. But... Can we can we find a middle ground here? Can can both parties be reasonable and get them back on the get them back on the field? Everyone wants to get paid. I think this is a great time to remind folks if you would like to advertise on our program, you can certainly reach out to either one of us on Twitter or you can reach out to the team at Believe. That's B L E A V again. Uh, we all would like to get paid. I think it's a that's a pretty uh, common uniter of of Americans of really of the world. So. You mentioned that you like Daryl Henderson. He's 17 to 1 odds to win Rookie of the Year right now. It's, of course, led by Kyler Murray, somehow still at plus odds. I think that's a great bet. Uh, he's plus 150. Would you consider taking Daryl Henderson if you're really that worried about Todd Gurley's knee? Yeah, if the if the uh, you know price is right, if you're going to be betting for sure. Um, again, I you know I hate to keep beating that drum, but that's that's the truth of the matter. As far as fantasy goes, like yeah, that's the sort of guy, especially the way I draft in fantasy, is I look to pick off those backups in vulnerable situations. You know, in middle rounds when guys are grabbing, he's going in the sixth or seventh round yeah. though. He, yeah. he, he is being valued as much more than a handcuff right now. That's right, and that's that's when I would pick him up too. Right, is I when people a lot of people are trying to get wide receiver depth. That's when I like picking off running back backups. Sure. Right? Um, especially guys that could take over a big workload uh, like that for sure. So I think, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, no, I'm a Kyler Murray truther. Yeah. I think the guy is five feet tall. Um, <laughs> he's lightning quick. Uh, I think he's a good, a good player. But I just, you know, it, it, when you're that small, you just like one big hit from a, a lineman or a linebacker, one wrong cut running into a defensive tackle, and he's gonna he's gonna go down. And he's gonna go down hard. But well, at least I think we can say this with great confidence: he's not gonna suffer a spider bite that'll keep him out of game. That's so right. He's uh, he's he's looking a little bit better than than your football career so far. Uh, you know, in, in his rookie season. Okay, great. So we talked about uh, both football teams. Um, any other final thoughts here uh, of either of these two football teams before we kind of move on and talk about uh, the Lakers and the Clippers and, and the NBA? 
Uh, I would wait. You know, don't uh, don't place those future bets against Ag Capital. Not big fans of future. Keeps our money tied up for longer than we want to do it. But if you are going to, wait. Shop around and wait. Get that bet in right before the season starts. Get it in, you know, 20 minutes before kickoff if you can. Uh, do your research. Make sure you're getting the best value you can get if you're going to have your money tied up for the whole season. Great advice. All right, we'll move on and we'll talk about the NBA. Anthony Davis was officially introduced as a Laker yesterday. They agreed to a deal way back a month ago. It was June 15th. I know that because I actually bought my car that day. I went to CVS and worked. It was a very long day for me. Uh, but now Anthony Davis is a Laker. He's wearing number three. Lakers have filled out the rest of their roster. Uh, you posted this yesterday in a text to me, a very interesting prop. And we want to pose this to the audience. If you guys can find this, tag us on Twitter to let us know because this would be a really fun one. Who's going to play, which which duo in LA is going to play more games next year? Kawhi and Paul George or Anthony Davis and LeBron? We're going to see a ton of load management. Both these teams uh, are, are sure to be you know doing very well next year. I don't think home court is going to matter nearly as much for these two teams. Kawhi already did sit out a lot of games last year, and it works extremely well for him. Both LeBron and Anthony Davis have been known to suffer some very serious injuries. Well, LeBron, not until last year, but Anthony Davis certainly has been banged up. So I think it's important to keep those guys fresh. This would be a really fun one. Let's see if we can find it out there. What what would you set the line at, first of all? And who would you take in this scenario, in this hypothetical prop? I would probably, if I was going to take an over, I think uh, I think LeBron and AD will play more combined games. Um, and that's more of a LeBron thing, because I think, well, I don't like him very much. He does, I think, want to be out there. He does want to play. He wants that something on his resume that says, you know, this is a guy who's playing 72, 75 games like that. Um, he is older now, obviously. I think he will still go on a spring break. I think you're going to see, you know, a, a phantom injury or a pinky or a wrist or something, and he'll he'll magically be out for ten games. But I would say LeBron plays, you know, under under seventy games. I would say Davis plays under sixty five games. They're going to sit those guys out whether or not they want to. That's the way of the NBA now. Same thing with Kawhi and Paul George. I think Paul George will probably get. You know, unless he actually gets really injured, as far as just keeping him out, I think I think Paul George will play over seventy games. Uh, Kawhi will definitely play under. I mean, that's no, there's no question. You know, he's never going to play a back to back. He's going to run the exact same schedule he ran in Toronto. Uh, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, it, it worked. He's not going to he's not going <laughs> to screw around with it. And what I am most looking forward to, and we'll see if the NBA is smart enough to not schedule it this way, if they manually go in and make sure this doesn't happen. But watching an ESPN primetime Clippers Lakers game where none of those four guys are playing because it's coming off of a long trip or because be it's yeah, just watching the bloodbath that is the sports media complex absolutely lose their mind because <laughs> nobody's playing in this in this marquee matchup. You know, it's interesting. LeBron uh, played 82 games, first time in his whole career, believe it or not, uh, in 2017-2018. He kind of took it upon himself to be the standard bearer for the players to come out there and show up every game. Now, not every one of those games was he playing his full 37 allotment of minutes. Last year, only 55 minutes, and this is the first time, remember, uh, in a very long time that he has not been playing into deep June, no Team USA this summer. So he's actually, he is getting older, but of course, he's coming, he's the first time where he's had a, a real substantial break to kind of get his mind and his body right. Um, I think you're absolutely right with Kawhi. I think you're absolutely right with Paul George. Anthony Davis is really just going to come down to if he's injured or not. LeBron, I think, will probably take a few games off here, but uh, I don't know if necessarily we're going to see. Uh, it's rare to see him get injured in that capacity. Um, and, and, and will these two coaches kind of feel the same way uh, about 
these players, obviously, as the previous coaches in their careers. Uh, that's a really interesting prop. Once again, if you can find something like that, or even related to that, it doesn't have to be versus each other, but just total games played for any of these four players, uh, I think that's a really exciting one. And, and one you can really find a lot of value. I think betting the unders is probably the move in those potential props as well. This was a really fun second episode. We got through a lot. We talked about both baseball teams. We talked about both football teams. We talked about both basketball teams. The only thing we didn't really talk about uh, was college sports here. We're a little early uh, for, for anything but college football. Any final thoughts here for episode two, Chris? Well, you got to give me a hard time on the spider bite, Sam. <laughs> well, yeah, you brought it up. You introduced it. I think it's a fun story. I think the, the homies with us, Dad Capital, are going to find some great joy and relive in those moments as well. Yeah, I can't um, wait. Thanks. It's yeah, great. I mean, I, I'm I'm just you know throwing a little shade your way because Kyler Murray is just a, a little bit more of a complete football player than you are, unfortunately. Just a little, only only a little bit. <laughs> hey, to be fair, I never made it out of high school varsity football, but that that's the way it goes. Really fun second episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, and for Chris and Stag Capital, I'm Sam Maxwell. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.